Welcome to the Essay for FAs Asset Allocator Podcast, a series that addresses issues of current interest of financial advisors, including ETFs, asset allocation, and the economy. I am your host, Gil Weinrich of Seeking Alpha, and today I wanted to air my own decidedly idiosyncratic approach to buying foreign stocks. We'll get to that in a moment, but first, this word on behalf of our sponsor. I happened to run into a friend this morning I hadn't seen in a long while. We sat down next to each other at an event of a mutual friend celebrating the birth of a baby boy. Since this friend happens to be from Chile and most of his relatives still live there, I told him about my podcast last week endorsing the idea of buying Chilean stocks, which had fallen 25% in the wake of massive street protests in Santiago. Specifically, I told him that I thought that the street protests would wane and that political and economic stability would return. I'll paraphrase his response. Absolutely. The protests will stop and the investments you bought will return to their former value. Chile is the most stable country in Latin America. Your investment was a good idea. End quote. Now, first of all, it was Ian Bezik's idea, as I noted in my podcast, but I agreed with it and jumped on it. Secondly, I want to be very clear about something. My amigo has zero background in investing. I could see his mind turning as we discussed the matter, asking himself why he didn't buy Chilean stocks. He's a dentist. Is the Essay for FA podcast proffering investment advice from the neighborhood dentist? No. This podcast is not about Chile per se. Rather, I wanted to explain my own idiosyncratic approach to international stock investing, which I have consistently found to be at odds with every other approach I've seen, and for which reason my dentist friend's opinion mattered more than many a professional stock analyst. Here's the thing. Investors are constantly told that they should globally diversify. Wall Street says it. The city, London's financiers that is, say it. I myself say it often. Yet global investors, and U.S. investors above all, exhibit a very heavy home bias, and that home bias has only been strengthened by the enormous outperformance of U.S. stocks over the past decade, and by the extraordinary performance of U.S. stocks for about two centuries. A smug editor of The Economist can look down at Americans for their investing provincialism, but anyone born and raised in the U.S. can, I think, be forgiven for it. The U.S. possesses a rare combination of political and economic stability plus entrepreneurial dynamism, so Americans are apt to look at the world and see the risks more vividly than others. That's why my dentist friend's comment was reassuring. My impression was that Chile is a basically stable place with economic substance. I knew that before we spoke, of course, which is why I made my investment without any prior consultation. Had I wanted a consultation, I'd rather have spoken with him than with an investment analyst, since he knows Chile in his bones and has family on the ground in northeast Santiago. In contrast to this, standard investment advice of the sort produced by asset management firms is mainly quantitative, which can really fly in the face of the way we look at the world, which I'd say is generally qualitative. I'll suggest two examples, Europe and emerging markets. Most of Europe enjoys economic and political stability, in large measure as a result of American military, political, and economic assistance following World War II. Despite this, though, Europe has been less economically dynamic, particularly as a result of its distrust of capitalism. So I'm sure I'm far from alone in being wary of investing there as the American lens I look through wonders, where's the catalyst for growth? Where's the innovation? emerging markets, on the other hand, benefit from an enormous wellspring of growth, demographic and economic, but enjoy far less stability. 
Investors who have listened to the hue and cry of asset managers to invest there have been whiplashed by the regular busts following their booms. So my rather idiosyncratic approach to foreign investing takes these things into account. I'm really not attracted to investing in Europe or emerging market stocks expressed in the usual way, though I do make such investments. Rather, my Chile ETF acquisition well expresses my highly selective approach to foreign investing. Why would I want to own Latin America, which contains a lot of instability, that mutual friend of my dentist buddy and me is from Venezuela, when I can own Chile? I wouldn't touch Chile when it was so expensive, as it's been as long as I can remember, but when it was put on sale, I was happy to pick up shares. In Europe, I jumped to buy a UK small cap ETF after the Brexit vote in 2016. The pound melted down, and I figured that the UK's small cap sector would get a lift since their products and services suddenly became a lot cheaper. I did very well with that fund, but sold it as I saw Britain's Brexit problems deepening. As for emerging markets, I never liked the idea of owning a fund whose underlying economies utterly lack political and economic stability. So here again, I cherry-pick. I've been a long-term owner of Indian stocks, and I don't feel distressed when India goes through its occasional downturns because the largest democracy in the world does enjoy a basic stability that most of its peers lack. My investment in South Korea hasn't paid off yet, but I'm not that worried. It produces things the world wants, such as my cell phone. I don't know why everybody wants my cell phone. And it's 50 million people and 3% GDP growth are worth something in a global economy dominated by countries experiencing population decline and waning growth. And that's the thing of it. The world really is changing. The economic profile of many of today's wealthy countries will seem far less impressive in 2050 than they do today. Investing is a long-term proposition, and hence investors should take cognizance of that. Consequently, I recommend investors do globally diversify, as the asset managers say, but I think it can be done qualitatively on a country-by-country -country basis thanks to the plethora of ETFs today, and I think value opportunities like the sudden discount in Chilean stocks can guide our timing. After all, isn't this exactly what John Templeton did and Baron Rothschild before him, something that ETFs make possible for everyone today? And we can do this in places that allow investors to sleep well at night to boot. Thanks for listening. If you found this podcast of value, consider passing it on to one other advisor. Also, feel free to contact me at gill at seekingalpha.com with any feedback you might have. This is Seeking Alpha's Gil Weinrich.